Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are? How's it going? Good. I am alive. Back yeah. From a cold. Yeah, you were so. down pretty good. Yeah. In the middle of the week, especially. So nothing exciting to report for me, except working on the brilliant event. Yeah, we made some progress. We finished. Well, not going to finish the bonus, probably. No, not the bonus, but we finished the regular event mm-hmm. today, this morning. Yeah. Anything new with you? It's not March. Really. It's March 1st. It is March 1st. We yeah. had uh, our leap day yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where we played Wizards Unite. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, and we did. And you made some pasta. Yes. Yep. Because our favorite pizza place closed Sad. permanently, which mm-hmm. was very disappointing. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I got everything for Bake CD. Let's do this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it turned out pretty good. There's still, there's a lot left. Mm-hmm. I don't really think there's a way to make Bake CD not in large quantity, like <laughs> Michael Scott style. I don't know why I always make it in such large quantities. Yeah. No, I don't know. Nothing else. I, the weather's been pretty nice, though it's somewhat cloudy today, and it was really yeah, windy we last saw night. a bunch of fluffy. We saw fluffy yesterday, too, because it said oh, it was yeah, cloudy. Oh, yeah, you think it's cloudy, right? Yes, mm-hmm. cloudy, emergency, daytime. And then if it's sunny, then it's probably a dragon. Mm. Or at least that's what it seems like for mm. me. I don't know. Yeah, that was pretty good. We didn't really see anything else. We just uh, did a bunch of. We saw dark Tom three. Riddle. I placed Tom Riddle. Oh, that was yesterday. Right? Yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, today. Today we just did Dark Chambers. Yeah. And yeah. Cool. Do you want to get into the book then? I am ready. Let's okay. go. Okay. Once ready, turn to page one hundred four, Mudbloods and Murmurs. Oh. Today's lesson is called "What Lies Beneath." Synopsis. The chapter begins with Harry sleeping after a long week. That sleep is cut short by Oliver Wood, who springs a surprise first Quidditch practice on the Gryffindor team. Colin Creevy follows Harry down to the pitch, pestering him with questions. As the team begins to fly, they are interrupted by the Slytherins, who claim special access in order to train their new seeker, Draco Malfoy. Hermione insults Draco by pointing out He is probably only on the team because his father bought them each new broomsticks. Facts. And Draco retorts by calling Hermione a mudblood. In the ensuing chaos, Ron tries to curse Draco, but his broken wand causes the spell to backfire, and he begins spitting up slugs. The trio go to Hagrid's house, where he comforts Ron and fills in Harry about his interactions with Lockhart and Ginny. When they return to the castle, they find McGonagall waiting for them with detention schedules. Harry goes to assist Lockhart in answering fan mail. As the evening grows late, Harry hears a startling and terrifying voice. He recounts the experience to Ron, including the fact that Lockhart seemed not to be able to hear it. Mm. So these chapters are my favorite because it's all three of our friends, Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Draco. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be Draco, but the it's, foil. Like, it's like it, uh, it has such a dynamic interaction. There's so much that unfolds, even though it doesn't seem like it, because it seems like, oh, it's just this one um, interaction that happened. Or like, I guess like the main conflict that happens is like just one interaction. But there's a lot of details that kind of unfold in it. Something that, okay, so going back to I should really watch the scenes from the movies because I know that the movie plays out slightly di- differently 
Um, and so one difference, as I was doing a little bit of research, is that in the movie, Ron actually says out loud, eat slugs, mm-hmm. when he casts the spell um, on Malfoy, like after Malfoy calls Hermione a mudblood. And uh, so he says it out loud, but he doesn't say it in this chapter. But I was like, wait a second. I know for a fact Ron has said eat slugs. He said it in a previous chapter. On page 97, he says to Malfoy, in, in um, it's huh. when they're in Diagon Alley and they're having like a confrontation. <laughs> and he actually says, eat slugs, Malfoy. That was where out the, loud. the thought was born. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like funny because uh, he doesn't say it. Oh, actually. So there is this slug vomiting charm. That is a thing. That's mm-hmm. like what he supposedly cast. But he also doesn't say what the incantation supposedly is. Yeah. Slugulus erecto. Erecto. Slugulus erecto is the curse. And you point the wand at the victim. Green light flashes. So Green we, light. We, yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about the Avada. Um yeah, so I mean that happens, but it actually because Ron's wand is still broken, mm-hmm. fires back on him, and so Ron becomes the the butt of the joke once again. <laughs> poor Ronald. <laughs> yeah, poor Ronald. Yeah. But, but Ron also does have an impo- important part in this chapter of uh, so basically. Oh, because the other thing from the movie is that Hermione explains why mudblood is so hurtful to right. her. But in the chapter, Harry doesn't know what it means, but he knows it's bad because everyone reacted. Hermione doesn't know what it means, but Ron does. And that's why he reacted. And he, he basically explains when they go into Hagrid's hut. Um, and this was my quote. Um, I mean, it, it's not it, it, it stands out to me because I don't know. It's I guess we can connect to other things. But he says, dirty blood, see, common blood. It's ridiculous. Most wizards these days are half blood anyway. If we hadn't married muggles, we would have died out. So he kind of explains this concept of what mudblood is. And we've had hints throughout all the chapters so far of this. I mean, we've had it's been building up with Draco specifically. And so finally we get this label that is thrown out at one of our favorites, (laughs) Hermione. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Ron, Ron is interesting to me in that sense, because again, like he is basically immersed in the wizarding world. He's part of this like longstanding family. Like, of course, he would be able to explain it to us. And Hagrid, of course, knows what it means, but he doesn't explain it to us. Um, So even though you have this, like he's vomiting up slugs, he has this important role of explaining to us a little bit of like what's been going on behind the scenes um, that now we have a word and a label to it. Yeah. That, among other things, was my thought for the title. I was trying to play around with the, There's a lot of double meaning going on. There's a lot of like uh, people saying things or doing things that aren't actually what they seem. Mm. And so here's my quote to kind of unpack this a little bit so it's harry and hagrid talking and uh they're talking about autographs or whatever it might be and hagrid says i knew you hadn't really i told lockhart you didn't need to you're more famous than him without trying bet he didn't like that said harry don't think he did (laughs) said hagrid his eyes twinkling and i think like there's a lot of that's a nice little summary of how there's a lot of sort of beneath the surface going on mudblood is a word it has a ton of meaning 
And then on the other side, there are things like this where it's like a conversation, but there's a lot going on, right? Like in body language and Hagrid is very aware of Lockhart, like to the extent that he actually knows that like Lockhart was the only choice for this job, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And like if he had, what whatever he says about like, uh, no way he fought the Banshee, right? <laughs> yeah. After Lockhart told him. And so there's like, there's a difference between like mudblood, which is such a loaded word, and then Lockhart, who's so vacuous, right? And like everything he says is not real. Mm-hmm. And we get that also in the detention. And like to have both of those, and then also like the actions, like people lying a lot, like Ginny is a good example. We kind of know like actually why she's down at Hagrid's hut. We'll mm-hmm. find out. But there's all these different levels of interpretation. And it's ironic that like Hagrid even and Ron and Harry and everyone seems to know like Ginny has this big crush and like that's why she was actually down there, but not actually, actually. So it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting, there's just so, there's just such a richness here of motivations and how people act and like why they act in certain ways and why they say certain things. Mm-hmm. And then you have Lockhart as like the ultimate foil and kind of Colin as well as a foil Colin. for this of like, there's an emptiness. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's for Colin much coming from a very different place than, than Lockhart, but mm. it's about like hero worship and idolization. And like, yeah. there's an emptiness sometimes. It doesn't seem like Colin actually wants to know Harry really. Like he just kind of, gets this rush or kick out of this famous person, right? He's yeah. almost paparazzi, right? That's interesting. I don't, I don't, I've read this book a few times and I don't think I've made that connection between Colin and Lockhart of, um, I mean, it is, it's coming from the same place. Like we talked about last week with social media and whatever, but just like the celebrity of Harry Potter or the celebrity of Lockhart and um, this like emptiness that it's, it's just, yeah. it's kind of like, a ritual like oh you have to do this because i don't know this is what we do we take pictures of famous people for some reason yeah. the other moment that i kind of liked was harry's internal monologue about the picture right where like harry in the picture with lockhart was like the mm-hmm. pictured harry is fighting pictured lockhart because he doesn't want to like be near him yeah it's such an interesting what lies beneath kind of thing of like you, they have this picture together and like some people interpret it certain ways, but like it means something very different to Harry when he sees that picture, mm-hmm. like not wanting to sign it and things like that. Yeah. 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 Lockhart and Creevy, Colin, like they're, they're, there is overlap. There is also places where they're not near each other at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, I think Hermione represents some of that, right? She's still kind of clinging a little mm-hmm. bit. Like more and more pegs get taken out mm-hmm. from under uh, Lockhart. Well, with Colin, and again, it's kind of like based on what people are interpreting. But with Colin, it doesn't seem like he's doing it to be like, oh, look, I got a picture with the famous Harry Potter. Like, look at me sort of thing. It's kind of like... Oh, he's a fanboy. Yeah, he is a fanboy, yeah. like truly. And Lockhart is like, oh, let me take advantage of this opportunity so that my name can still be relevant. Like, right. so I can still be, you know, noticed. Yeah, there's an authenticity to Colin that's missing from Lockhart, but there is still like a space between the way there's still a dehumanizing aspect to how Colin 
treats Harry. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and th- I think I get that sense from Harry, like his frustration with Colin. It's not because Colin does anything in particular that's mean. It's that he does things that are empty. He doesn't actually talk to Harry. He just like wants to know mm-hmm. and ask him, just like pepper him with questions. Yeah, and it's not it's not malicious because, I mean, we've talked about this outside of the podcast about just um, wanting to preserve moments or, like, keep them for some, like, future versus, like, just actually, like, you're actually going to school with Harry Potter. Like, just right. hang out with him. And there's some darkness you know? to it, too, because even Harry internally says, like, Colin seems to have memorized my schedule. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's very paparazzi-esque. Mm-hmm. And it won't be until later that we recognize that Colin will settle and his little brother will also settle that like it does wear off and they do start to see Harry more the way Harry would want to be seen. Mm-hmm. But at this point, for me, Colin is very frustrating. I don't like his character at all. Oh. I know people love him and like he's all cute, but yeah. really like, come on. Yeah. You can't treat people like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But And then there's Malfoy. Then there's Malfoy, <laughs> right? Another foil. I mean, it's so interesting, all the layers, because Malfoy is so overtly and egregiously the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and Marcus Flint and, you know, the people who protect Malfoy after he says something like that too, right? Even if they themselves didn't say it. Yeah. Malfoy is just the worst. Yeah. He's so insecure. He is so insecure. One word one sentence that just cuts him like a knife from Hermione <laughs> and he just escalates so hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Malfoy knows it's true though, too. He must know that it's true. Like, but that's also why like where his power, I guess, comes from is that he's just like, oh, whatever. Like mm-hmm. cuz he can he can pay his way into whatever because his family can, but also he can be mean and make people like you know, know your place. Like, mm-hmm. no, I actually think that I am better than you. And that is revealed in this, whether Malfoy actually believes in this, like, pure blood ideology or not. Mm-hmm. Like, he's willing to, like, throw it out there. Mm-hmm. He's so steeped in it, right? Mm-hmm. And he's steeped in the the uh, entitlement of it all, too. I mean, even Hagrid really hints at it, too, when Hagrid's like, you know, it's probably good you're cursed backfired because if you cursed Malfoy you know you probably would have gotten in worse trouble because of his death and Ron has not been having the year so far (laughs) you got you crashed you crashed the car you get the howler that's like the first day of school you're setting the tone for everyone and it's poor Ron yeah and he just he's just trying to stand up for his friend because he's like I don't know it's not okay yeah I thought the beginning of the chapter really sets up my emotions. My sensibility about the chapter is really set up by Harry's kind of exhaustion. He's like Mm. kind of exhausted Mm -hmm. by Lockhart and Colin. Yeah. And Ron's wand. (laughs) Ron's broken (laughs) wand that it's just like there's a lot of chaos going on. School just started, Harry. Oh, my God. And now. You're in for a long year. I mean, and and like stuff with Ginny probably is like a little bit. Because that's also a little bit of hero worship from a crush perspective. Although we haven't really gotten into her too much yeah. with like what she's really doing and saying and talking about. 
but then we end the chapter with like madness yeah i guess i also didn't think about so basically so harry had his first year at hogwarts and then he had this summer where all he wanted was to go back to hogwarts go back to his friends and all of that and nothing is playing out the the way that he wants because it's like oh i have this now to deal Mm -hmm. with and it's 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 not these like one-off things it's like these nagging things like you're Mm -hmm. saying so like lockhart you have colin you have ron dealing with stuff Harry being stressed out about like whatever mischief they caused and like there's all these mysteries still that we that are kind of in the background because we have all of this like constant noise that's or Harry does all around him just like and then we have this yeah this whole book this whole book is just such a contrast to the first book Mm -hmm. like the arc that it takes is just so dark compared to the first one yeah the first one is about Harry's journey. I mean, we did the book summary, and this one I feel like is going to be very different. Yeah. Like Harry's kind of arc in the first book of like living out this hero, oh, becoming somebody uh-huh. himself and recognizing journey. he actually is brave and powerful You're and can make brave. these choices. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, every there's just like hit after hit yeah. after hit. And it's just going to keep coming with this whispered, mm-hmm. you know. <sighs> yeah. Uh, we also get a little hint uh, reminding us about Hagrid's past. Mm. So we're looking at the pumpkins mm. and Harry, like in his internal monologue, is looking at the umbrella mm-hmm. and uh, he says out loud, even though we've talked about it, um, but, you know, Hagrid's wand might be in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it says there's a sentence in there where it's like Hagrid was expelled in his third year. Harry didn't know why. And like. That didn't stand out to me until like I was reading it this time around. And I was like, oh, yeah, we are going to find out why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, J.K. Rowling is such a master at foreshadowing in the smallest ways. And like it is just it is part of the story. It's just su- such a part of the story. And then she just weaves them all together. Like, it's kind of like Ginny, a, a little Ginny magnifying glass. Chapter. So you have these like little, like everything has happened, but it's like, oh, like what do you choose to share like for this moment or this interaction? And it's like, oh yeah, well, Ginny has been doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't we bring it up briefly? Even though it's kind of like we have this other like spectacle that's happening. So we have Ron that's throwing up slugs. <laughs> like we have all of this and then the mud blood thing. And so that is like the primary focus, but like all this other stuff is still happening. It's kind of like, you know, reality, right? So like mm-hmm. we have all this other stuff that's been happening behind the scenes that if we are able to like really look closely with a particular lens, with a particular like focus point, um, then we'll be able to see that clearly. But right. yeah, so it, it's great because she doesn't have to tell us that, but no. it makes it much better. Yeah. The one-off comments. I mean, mm-hmm. Ginny isn't even in the chapter. Mm-hmm. It's secondhand. Hagrid talking about Ginny having been near Hagrid. And it's just like, oh, yeah. Like, it's totally it's totally reasonable that she would, like, kind of like Colin-esque be kind of stalking Harry and, like, mm-hmm. hoping to see him. But at the same time, just an inkling of, like, well, why at Hagrid's hut? Like, why there? Like, why aren't you, like, 
outside of his room. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, why are you down at Hagrid's head? It's kind yeah. of yeah. I think it's also important like, that her just she's just mysteriously like yeah moving and doing things. I think it's important that in the last book that. Ginny was introduced mm-hmm. at all and that her introduction was like mom it's Harry Potter like because then it's kind of like oh hey it's just normal whatever yeah. it's a similar thing to Colin except she's not like going around with a camera I think that no. she probably I mean being a Weasley and maybe being a girl like that would probably not look well for her in terms of like being her first year and trying to make friends and like just stalking Harry Potter even though people tease like her brothers and whatever tease mm-hmm. her for it but mm-hmm. i don't know it's interesting yeah there's a lot going on and we haven't even really talked about hermione mm-hmm. i mean i think you did mention and i think it's really interesting like the contrast between the book and the movie and like having her be in on it and the movie and understanding it already and in the book she doesn't and mm-hmm. like but at the same time, like they both, they both do understand it because the the tone. I think that's something really powerful and scary about language is like the same words said with different tones. Well, he said the the preface like prefacing words were filthy little mudblood. True. So it's like yeah. you know he that it hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good at yeah. all. And people's reactions and stuff. You know? I think. I mean, I know that sometimes people critique like, oh, the movie wasn't following the book, but I think that stylistically for a film-based medium mm-hmm. wb made decisions to make it like in an effort to make it more powerful or more like to strike something because yeah. emma watson i mean we're watching goblet of fire over like she's over, i know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we get to goblet of fire i will definitely not need to reference the movie because no, know i know the movie but she is such a good actress and like the way that she delivers it from my memory of Chamber of Secrets when she's explaining Mudblood. It's just like it hits you because she, she's just so sweet and you love Hermione because she's her, you know, she's annoying. Mm-hmm. She's a know-it-all, but you love her because she's one of the three heroes that we are supposed to be rooting for. Mm-hmm. And to see her mm-hmm. like so hurt by it, um, I think rather than, I mean, keep the silly Ron. I don't know. Maybe this is also painting my perception of Ron and why it's just like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> little Ron. I do appreciate there's such a Gryffindor-esque part to it, right? Of like, they just act, right? I think it's mm-hmm. Ron, Fred, and George, right? And then some of the girls on the Gryffindor team as well, like start to get into it with Slytherin yeah. after the, the mud block. Katie comment. Bell and Angelina Johnson. And Alicia Spinnett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alicia Spinnett, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, just the action, right? like mm-hmm. immediately mm-hmm. it's it's kind of impressive it's a it's a powerful representation and it should be contrasted with like that some of the slytherins like they're it's powerful but then there is also this tribalism that's kind of scary of like the easy defense right because they know draco they don't you know they probably talk that way maybe mm-hmm. you know uh behind closed doors and then like to see him you can see how it how it happens, right? You have one person who then says it out loud in like the direct way, and then people are like, "Oh well, I'm supposed to protect this person," you know. Mm-hmm. Flint, Snape, oh, right in the right in the letter, <laughs> ridiculous. Snape, what are you doing? Snape is the worst. <laughs> what are you doing, bro? <laughs> yeah, shout out to Brida's. Uh, Snape is not a. I, I don't hero. think that he's okay. I don't. We'll get. We'll talk about Snape at some yeah. other point. 
but just because it just happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, but yeah. <sighs> I, <laughs> Professor S. Snape, <laughs> say that Slytherins go first. Was that a real note? Was it forged? Oh, good question. I don't know. I always assumed it was real. Notes? Probably. I don't see why not. You Draco can do just it pay for without magic. Pay for so. whatever you want. Because yeah. <laughs> that would be the worst too. This whole situation could have been avoided. Yeah. I don't know. Sad though for the Nimbus Two Thousand, like the the fancy new broomstick, and then. When I was reading, when I was looking stuff up, like it was short lived because the 2001 yeah. came shortly after, and I was just like, whatever. Oh, well, guess I'll be slower. <laughs> well, as we know from car models, they don't always get better. No. <laughs> you just paid more money for it. Good job. <laughs> the last thing that I wanted to say was sort of the position of the levity in the writing of having Ron puking up slugs, like through the whole thing, and, and then having like, he has to go clean stuff and he pukes on the the service to school thing and has to clean it up. Mm-hmm. And the most amazing part of all of that writing is that that will come back. The fact that he pukes slugs on that thing and had to clean it is just like comes mm-hmm. back later. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's crazy. Uh Rupert, I don't know how she does it. Rupert Grant said that in the movie and the filming that they actually like flavored the slime. And so he was like puking up these like... Oh. Uh, like fake slugs, but they but the slime was different flavors. Probably sugary. Yeah, play, it was. Not, like, I don't know mint. the flavors, but <laughs> no, it was just mint. funny. It was oh, like... I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, just having to do that over and over. <laughs> Gross. I love his little eyes in the movie. The first one, he's like, <laughs> it's so exaggerated. It's so wonderful. Yeah. Good uh, job, Rupert. Yeah. Do you do have anything else? No, I don't. Pretty rich chapter. I mean, we're going to get more into this blood stuff, but like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's interesting in the quote that I read that Ron pointed out, everyone's basically a half-blood because we wouldn't be Mm -hmm. here. And uh, to think that that, if like, if that's the case, why is it that some witches and wizards hold on to this pure blood supremacy Mm -hmm. idea if it's not even real? is yeah. interesting to yeah, think about. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And you have this chapter and its interpersonal usage of mudblood and then all of a sudden, like, at the end, something, there's something more to it, right, with the snake mm-hmm. I mean, that we'll yeah, find we, out, right? Mm-hmm, and it's like, mm-hmm. what? So it's not just, there are actions that will yeah. you know, be connected. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Until next time. Juan's ready. ready.